Book Two, Chapter Nine of the Mystical City of God, Volume Three, by the Venerable Sister Mary of Jesus of Agreda. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book Two, Chapter Nine: Christ our Savior parts from His Most Holy Mother in Bethany in order to enter upon His sufferings on the Thursday of His Last Supper. The Great Lady asks to partake of Holy Communion with the rest, and afterwards follows with Magdalene and other holy women. Let us now proceed in our history and return to our Savior in Bethany, whither, after his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, he had returned with his apostles. In the last chapter, we anticipated the course of events in relating what was undertaken by the demons before the betrayal of Christ, and what resulted from the infernal consultation, the treachery of Judas, and the counsel of the Pharisees. We will now take up the thread of events in Bethany, where the great queen attended upon and served her divine son during the three days intervening between the Palm Sunday and Maudi Thursday. All this time, except what was consumed on Monday and Tuesday in going to Jerusalem and teaching in the temple, the author of life spent with his blessed mother. For on Wednesday, he did not go to Jerusalem, as I have already said. On these last journeys, he instructed his disciples more clearly and fully concerning the mysteries of his passion and of human redemption. Nevertheless, although they listened to the teachings and forewarnings of their God and Master, each one was affected thereby only in so far as his disposition allowed and according to the motives and sentiments of his heart. They were always tardy in their response and in the weakness they fell short of their protestations of zealous love, as the events afterwards showed, and as we shall see later on. But to the Most Blessed Mother, our Savior, during the day immediately preceding his Passion, communicated such exalted sacraments and mysteries of the Redemption, and of the new law of grace, that many of them will remain hidden until they shall be revealed in the Beatific Vision. Of those which I have understood, I can say very little. But into the heart of the great queen, her son deposited all that David calls uncertain and hidden of his divine wisdom. Psalm 50 verse 8. Namely, the greater part of the secrets of his works ad extra, such as our salvation, the glorification of the predestined, and the consequent exaltation of his holy name. The Lord instructed Mary in all that she was to do during his passion and death, and enlightened her anew with divine light. In all these conferences, her most holy son spoke to her with a new and kingly reserve, such as was in harmony with the greatness of the matter treated of. For now the tenderness and caresses of a son and spouse had entirely ceased. But as the natural love of the sweetest mother and the burning charity of her purest soul had now reached a degree above all comprehension of the human mind, and as the conversation and intercourse with her divine son was now drawing to a close, no created tongue can describe the tender and mournful affections of this purest of hearts and the size of her inmost soul. She was the mysterious turtle dove that already began to feel the approach of that solitude which the company of no creature in heaven or on earth could ever relieve or compensate. Thursday, the eve of the passion and death of the Savior had arrived. At earliest dawn, the Lord called to him, his most beloved mother, and she, hastening to prostrate herself at his feet, responded, Speak, my Lord and Master, for thy servant heareth. 
Raising her up from the ground, he spoke to her in words of soothing and tenderest love. My mother, the hour decreed by the eternal wisdom of my father for accomplishing the salvation and restoration of the human race, and imposed upon me by his most holy and acceptable will, has now arrived. It is proper that now we subject to him our own will, as we have so often offered to do. Give me thy permission to enter upon my suffering and death, and as my true mother, consent that I deliver myself over to my enemies, in obedience to my eternal father. In this manner, do thou also willingly cooperate with me in this work of eternal salvation, since I have received from thee in thy virginal womb the form of a suffering and mortal man, in which I am to redeem the world and satisfy the divine justice, just as thou, of thy own free will, didst consent to my incarnation, so I now desire thee to give consent also to my passion and death of the cross. To satisfy me now of thy own free will, to the decree of my eternal Father, this shall be the return which I ask of thee, for having made thee my mother. For he has sent me in order that by the sufferings of my flesh, I might recover the lost sheep of his house, the children of Adam. Matthew chapter 18 verse 11 these and other words of the Savior, spoken on that occasion, pierced the most loving heart of Mary, and cast her into the throes of a sorrow greater than she had ever endured before. For now had arrived that dreadful hour, whence there was no issue for her pains, neither in an appeal to the swift fleeting time, nor to any other tribunal against the inevitable decree of the Eternal Father, that had fixed the term of her beloved son's life. When now the most prudent mother looked upon him as her God, infinite in his attributes and perfections, and as the true God-man in hypostatic union with the person of the word, and beheld him sanctified and ineffably exalted by this union with the Godhead, she remembered the obedience he had shown her as his mother during so many years, and the blessings he had conferred upon her during his long intercourse with her she realized that soon she was to be deprived of this blessed intercourse and of the beauty of his countenance, of the vivifying sweetness of his words, that she was not only to lose all this at once, but moreover, that she was to deliver him over into the hands of such wicked enemies, to ignominies and torments, and to the bloody sacrifice of a death on the cross. How deeply must all these considerations and circumstances, now so clearly before her mind, have penetrated into her tender and loving heart, and filled it with a sorrow unmeasurable. But with the magnanimity of a queen, vanquishing this invincible pain, she prostrated herself at the feet of her divine son and master, and in deepest reverence, kissing his feet, answered, Lord and highest God, author of all that has being, Though thou art the son of my womb, I am thy handmaid. The condescension of thy ineffable love alone has raised me from the dust to the dignity of being thy mother. It is altogether becoming that I, vile wormlet, acknowledge and thank thy most liberal clemency by obeying the will of the eternal Father and thy own. I offer myself and resign myself to his divine pleasure, in order that in me, just as in thee, my son and Lord, his eternal and adorable will be fulfilled. The greatest sacrifice which I can make is that I shall not be able to die with thee, and that our lot should not be inverted, 
for to suffer in imitation of thee and in thy company would be a great relief from my pains and all torments would be sweet if undergone in union with thine that thou shouldest endure all these torments for the salvation of mankind shall be my only relief in my pains receive o my god this sacrifice of my desire to die with thee and of my still continuing to live while thou the most innocent lamb and figure of the substance of thy eternal father undergoest death letter to the hebrews chapter one verse three receive also the agonies of my sorrow to see the inhuman cruelty of thy enemies executed on thy exalted person because of the wickedness of the human kind o ye heavens and elements and all creatures within them ye sovereign spirits ye patriarchs and prophets assist me to deplore the death of my beloved who gave you being and bewail with me the misery of men who are the cause of this death and who failing to profit of such great blessings shall lose that eternal life so dearly bought o unhappy you that are foreknown as doomed and o ye happy predestined who shall wash your stoles in the blood of the lamb apocalypse chapter seven verse fourteen you who knew how to profit by this blessed sacrifice praise ye the lord almighty o my son and infinite delight of my soul give fortitude and strength to thy afflicted mother admit her as thy disciple and companion in order that she may participate in thy passion and cross and in order that the eternal father may receive the sacrifice of thy mother in union with thine with these and other expressions of her sentiments which i cannot all record in words the queen of heaven answered her most holy son and offered herself as a companion and coadjutrix in his passion thereupon thoroughly instructed and prepared by divine light for all the mysteries to be wrought by the master of life towards accomplishing all his great ends the most pure mother having the lord's permission added another request in the following words beloved of my soul and light of my eyes my son i am not worthy to ask thee what i desire from my inmost soul but thou o lord art the light of my hope and in this my trust i beseech thee if such be thy pleasure to make me a participant in the ineffable sacrament of thy body and blood thou hast resolved to institute it as a pledge of thy glory and i desire in receiving thee sacramentally in my heart to share the effects of this new and admirable sacrament well do i know o lord that no creature can ever merit such an exquisite blessing which thou hast resolved to set above all the works of thy magnificence and in order to induce thee to confer it upon me i have nothing else to offer except thy own self and all thy infinite merits if by perpetuating these merits through the same humanity which thou hast received from my womb creates for me a certain right let this right consist not so much in giving thyself to me in this sacrament as in making me thine by this new possession which restores to me thy sweetest companionship all my desires and exertions i have devoted to the worthy reception of this holy communion from the moment in which thou gavest me knowledge of it and ever since it was thy fixed decree to remain in the holy church under the species of consecrated bread and wine do thou then my lord and god return to thy first habitation which thou didst find in thy beloved mother and thy slave whom thou hast prepared for thy reception by exempting her from the common touch of sin 
then shall I receive within me the humanity which I have communicated to thee from my own blood, and thus shall we be united in a renewed and close embrace. This prospect enkindles my heart with most ardent love, and may I never be separated from thee, who art the infinite good and the love of my soul. Many words of incomparable love and reverence were spoken on that occasion by the queen and lady, for in the wonderful love of her heart, she sought of her most holy son the privilege of participating in his sacred body and blood. The Lord on his part answered her with great tenderness and granted her request, promising her the blessing of holy communion at the hour of its institution. The purest mother, in deepest devotion, broke out in heroic acts of humility, thankfulness, reverence, and living faith in expectation of the desired participation in the most holy Eucharist, then happened what I shall relate next. The Savior commanded the holy angels of her guard to attend upon her in visible forms and to serve and console her in her sorrow and loneliness. With this command, they complied most faithfully. The Lord also expressed his desire that after his departure for Jerusalem with his disciples, she should follow shortly after in company with the holy women who had accompanied them from Galilee and that she should instruct and encourage them in order that they might not be scandalized in seeing him suffer the great ignominies and torments of the frightful death of the cross. At the close of this interview, the son of the eternal father gave his blessing to his beloved mother and prepared to enter upon this last journey which led to his suffering and death. The sorrow which filled the hearts of both son and mother passes all conception of man, for it was proportioned to the love they had for each other, and this love again was proportioned to the dignity and greatness of the persons concerned. But although we can so little describe it in words, we are not free to exempt ourselves from meditating upon it and following them on their sorrowful journey with the deepest compassion. For if we neglect to do so, as far as our strength and ability permits, we cannot avoid being reprehended as hard-hearted ingrates. Our Savior, having thus parted with his most beloved mother and sorrowful spouse, taking along with him all his apostles, a little before midday of the Thursday of the Last Supper, departed on his last journey from Bethany to Jerusalem. At the very outset, he raised his eyes to the Eternal Father, and confessing him in words of thankfulness and praise, again professed his most ardent love, and most lovingly and obediently offered to suffer and die for the redemption of the human race. This prayer and sacrifice of our Savior and Master sprang from such ineffable love and ardor of his spirit that it cannot be described. All that I say of it seems to me rather a gainsaying of the truth and of what I desire to say. Eternal Father and my God, said Christ our Lord. In compliance with thy holy will, I now go to suffer and die for the liberation of men, my brethren, and the creatures of thy hands. I deliver myself up for their salvation, and to gather those who have been scattered and divided by the sin of Adam. John chapter 11 verse 52. I go to prepare the treasures by which the creatures, made according to thy image and likeness, are to be enriched and adorned, so that they may be restored to the height of thy friendship, and to eternal happiness, in order that thy holy name may be known and exalted among all creatures. As far as shall depend upon thee and me, no soul shall be deprived of a salvation most abundant, 
and thy inviolate equity shall stand justified in all those who despise this copious redemption then following the author of life the most blessed mother in the company of magdalene and of the other holy women who had attended upon the saviour and had followed him from galilee took leave of bethany in the same manner as the divine master instructed his apostles and prepared them for his passion in order that they might not desert him on account of the ignominies they were to witness and on account of the temptations of satan so also the queen and mistress of all virtues exerted herself in preparing the devoted band of her disciples for witnessing courageously the death and the frightful scourging and torments of their divine master although on account of their feminine nature these women naturally were more frail and weak than the apostles yet some of them showed much more fortitude in adhering to the teachings and in relying on the previous exhortations and examples of their great mistress and queen among them all as the evangelists relate mary magdalene distinguished herself for she was entirely consumed in the flames of her love and even naturally she was of a magnanimous courageous and energetic disposition well educated and full of a noble fidelity she before all others of the apostolate had taken upon herself to accompany the mother of jesus and attend upon her during the entire passion and this her resolve she fulfilled as the most faithful friend of the blessed mother the most holy mother imitated and joined the saviour in his prayer and the offering which he made at this time for as i have often said in the clear mirror furnished her by the divine light she was made to see all the works of her divine son in order that she might imitate them as closely as possible the holy angels of her guard obeying the orders of the saviour accompanied and attended upon her invisible forms with these heavenly spirits she conversed about the great sacrament of the passion which was yet hidden to her companions and to all the human creatures they well perceived and deeply pondered the measureless conflagration of love in the pure and candid heart of the mother and the force with which they saw her draw after the sweet ointments of mutual love between her and christ her son spouse and redeemer they presented to the eternal father the sacrifice of praise and expiation offered to him by his firstborn and only daughter among the creatures since all the mortals were insensible of this benefit and of the indebtedness in which they were placed by the love of christ their lord and his blessed mother she ordered the holy angels to give benediction glory and honor to the father the son and the holy ghost and they eagerly fulfilled the wish of their great princess and queen words fail me and worthy sentiments of sorrow for expressing properly what i understood on this occasion concerning the amazement of the holy angels when on the one hand they saw the incarnate word and his most holy mother wending their way in most ardent love of mankind toward the accomplishment of man's redemption and on the other beheld the vileness ingratitude and hard-hearted neglect of men concerning their obligations consequent upon this blessing a blessing which would have moved to recognition even the demons if they had been the objects of such a benefit the amazement of the angels arose not from any ignorance on their part but from indignation at their unbearable ingratitude i am but a weak woman and less than a wormlet of the earth but in the light which has been given me concerning this matter i wish to raise up my voice so that it may be heard through all the world and rouse up the children of vanity and lovers of deceit 
Canticles chapter 1 verse 3 to a sense of their obligation toward Christ and his Holy Mother. Prostrate on the ground, I wish to implore all men not to be so dull of heart and hostile to themselves as not to rise from this stupor of forgetfulness, which keeps us in constant danger of eternal death and deprives us of the celestial life and happiness merited for us by the Redeemer and Lord by the bitterness of his cross. Instruction given me by the Queen of Heaven, Most Holy Mary. My daughter, as thy soul has been furnished with special gifts of enlightenment, I call and invite thee anew to cast thyself into the sea of mysteries contained in the passion and death of my divine Son. Direct all thy faculties and strain all the powers of thy heart and soul to make thyself at least somewhat worthy of understanding and meditating upon the ignominies and sorrows of the Son of the Eternal Father in his death on the cross for the salvation of men, and also of considering my doings and sufferings in connection with his bitterest passion. This science, so much neglected by men, I desire that thou, my daughter, study and learn, so as to be able to follow thy spouse and imitate me, who am thy mother and teacher. Writing down and feeling deeply all that I shall teach thee of these mysteries, thou shouldest detach thyself entirely of human and earthly affections and of thy own self, so as freely to follow our footsteps in destitution and poverty. And since I do thee the special favor of calling thee aside to instruct thee in fulfillment of thy will of my most holy Son, and since we seek through thee to teach others, thou shouldest correspond to this copious redemption as if it was solely for thy benefit, and as if all of it would be lost, if thou dost not profit by its blessings. So much must thou esteem it, for in the love which caused my most holy son to die for thee, he looked upon thee with as great an affection, if thou hast been the only one that needed the remedy of his passion and death. This is the standard by which thou must measure thy obligations and thy gratitude, since thou then both seest the base and dangerous forgetfulness of men in regard to this benefit, and knowest that for these very men their God and Creator had died, it should be thy earnest endeavor to compensate him for their neglect by thy ardent love, as if the proper return for his benefits was left entirely to thy fidelity and gratitude alone. At the same time, grieve over the blind folly of men in despising eternal felicity and in treasuring up for themselves the wrath of the Lord by frustrating the boundless effects of thy love for the world. This is the purpose for which I make known to thee so many secrets, and my unparalleled sorrow in the hour of his parting from me, to go to his sacred sufferings unto death. There are no words which can describe the bitterness of my soul on that occasion. But the contemplation of it should cause thee to esteem no hardship great, to seek no rest or consolation on earth, except to suffer and die for Christ. Do thou sorrow with me, for this faithful correspondence is due to me, who favor thee with these graces. I wish thee also to ponder what a great crime it is in the eyes of the Lord, in mine and in all those of the saints, that men should despise and neglect the frequent reception of the Holy Communion, and that they should approach it without preparation and fervent devotion principally in order that thou mayest understand and record this warning, I have manifested to thee what I did on that occasion, and how I prepared myself so many years for receiving my most blessed Son in the Holy Sacrament, 
and also the rest, which thou art yet to write, for the instruction and confusion of men. For if I, who was innocent of any hindering sin, and filled with all graces, sought to increase my fitness for this favor, by such fervent acts of love, humility, and gratitude, consider what efforts thou and the other children of the church, who every day and hour incur new guilt and blame, must make in order to fit yourselves for the beauty of the divinity and humanity of my most holy Son? What excuse can those men give in the last judgment, who have despised this ineffable love and blessing, which they had always present in the holy church, ready to fill them with the plentitude of his gifts, and who rather sought diversion in worldly pleasures, and attended upon the outward and deceitful vanities of this earthly life? Be thou amazed at this insanity, as were the holy angels, and guard thyself against falling into the same error. End of chapter 9